1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome to the Sports Wrap. A happier show today. For the first time since January 5th, the Minnesota Vikings in the win column. Yeah, it's been that long. Today's the 5th. How much? So February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Eight months since the Vikings win. That was the uh, the New Orleans Saints game. Cal Rudolph, Dagger, walk-off winners at the Superdome. But the Vikings holding on to beat Houston yesterday. And a, a win is a win. We'll take it. A lot of weird stuff happened in that game yesterday. The Harrison Smith ejection. The overturned touchdown in the end zone to uh, help preserve the Vikings win. We're talking to Matthew Collar's second half of the sports wrap. And you can find the stuff online at purpleinsider.substack.com. Uh, he's got great guests all week long. We play uh, Purple Insider Saturdays at 9.06 here, sometimes 10.06 if we've got a virtual coffee with the coaches program. Uh, Matthew knows his stuff. We're talking about the Vikings game and previewing a Seattle primetime game because why wouldn't the Vikings play in Seattle on primetime uh, at some point during the season? But the, the big thing for me this, this weekend is no fans at CenturyLink Stadium, a, a, a place that's notoriously loud, not going to have any fans there. This weekend, talking to Matthew Collar, second half of the sports trap. But first, uh, let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports, beginning with a, a quick recap of that Vikings win in Houston yesterday. Rewind time. First and goal, Vikings from the nine. Eye formation behind Cousins. Play action, straight in the pocket, to the end zone. Touchdown! Flag on the play. Thielen brought it in. Nine-yard score. And the Vikings lead 23-16, pending infraction. Adam Thielen, touchdown yesterday. Another 100-yard game for Thielen. Now fourth all-time in Minnesota Vikings history in career 100-yard games. The only three guys he's trailing, huge names in Vikings history. Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Anthony Carter. Number four on that list, Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook, 130 yards yesterday and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Jefferson keeping the things going as well. Another 100-yard game for him. Uh, And uh, as well as the Vikings offense was yesterday, Dalvin Cook... uh, not uh, taking all the credit for the offense, but he says the defense played a heck of a game. You know, you got to salute to the defense. You got some young guys that stepping up. You know, we had Harrison go down. You know, George stepped up in the next man role. So you got to salute the guys on defense for, for stepping up and making that play. Yeah, Harrison not going down, uh, getting ejected, actually, uh, for a helmet-to-helmet hit on a uh, a Houston Texans tight end. The first time Harry the Hitman's been ejected since his rookie season. It all came down to one play near the end of the game. Houston trailing and driving, uh, and apparently it looked initially like Deshaun Watson hit Will Fuller in the end zone. Here's the play call from uh, the Vikings Radio Network, Paul Allen. Watson takes the snap, goes on a five-step drop to the end zone, and it's caught by Will Fuller. A one-handed catch, are you kidding me? Touchdown, Texans. Will Fuller tapped the ball to himself with his left hand, and the Texans are a two-point conversion from tying the game. Well done, Will Fuller. After Booth Review has turned out, uh, no catch on the play. Vikings win 31-23. to Will Fuller talks about uh, the play in the end zone at the end of the game. I 100% felt like I caught the ball. Um, 
just watching the replay, when I hit the ground, the ball moved a little bit, but I felt like I kept my hand underneath the ball. So Yeah, if the ball moves a little bit, that's no catch. Uh, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson also weighs in on the uh, the play at the end there. We thought that Will had his hand underneath, and of course the ball moved a little bit, but we didn't think that the whole ball was touching the ground. We, we knew that if he had control, uh, at least with one hand, the, the tip of the ball can hit the ground, but the New York made their call, and that's what they made it. New York made the call. Vikings approved to 1-3. Houston falls to 0-4. Vikings in Seattle Sunday night football next Sunday. Two. Some more uh, NFL school uh, scores. Talking about the uh, the Seahawks. Seahawks and Bills are the first teams to start 4-0 this season after the most posted victories. After strong quarterbacks from their stark, uh, strong performances, excuse me, from their star quarterbacks. Russell Wilson threw for 360 yards, two touchdowns in a win. Against Miami, Josh Allen continues to tear things up for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, threw for two touchdowns, ran for another to lead the Bills past the Raiders 30-23. Wilson's 15 touchdown passes in 2020 have tied Peyton Manning's NFL record for most by any player in a season's first four games. While uh, Allen, uh, no slouch himself, he's matched the Bills' franchise record with 12 touchdown passes through the first four weeks. Two other teams can move to 3-0 and tonight. The Chiefs and the Packers uh, both play in an unexpected Monday night doubleheader. The NFL has officially moved Kansas City's game with New England to tonight after quarterback Cam Newton tested positive for the coronavirus. Newton is out. All the other New England tests come back negative, so they are able to play. That game starts at 6.05 tonight. The league also pushed back the start of the Green Bay-Atlanta Falcons game to 7.50. So the pregame show going to start at 7 o'clock on KDLM for Green Bay versus Atlanta. Veteran Brian Hoyer getting the start for New England tonight with Cam Newton on the COVID-19 reserve list. Former New England quarterback Tom Brady, uh, shades of 2005, throwing for 369 yards and not one, not two, not three, not four, but five touchdowns to help rally the Buccaneers from a 17-point deficit to beat the L.A. Chargers 38-31. to The Bucs trailed 24-7 to in the second quarter. L.A. Uh, got one of its scores on a 70-yard pick six by Michael Davis off a Brady pass. Brady responded by throwing touchdown passes to five different players for the first time in his career. Rookie Justin Herbert completing 20 of 25 passes for 290 yards, three touchdowns for the Chargers, who have now lost three in a row. And you can't talk about football scores yesterday without talking about the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Three and one for the first time since 2001 after holding on for a 49-38 to win shootout in Dallas. Cleveland led 41-14 to in the fourth before Dallas scored 24 straight points on three touchdowns and three two-point conversions to cut the deficit for three. Huge game for Odell Beckham Jr. Anyone still brave to start to start him in fantasy leagues? It paid off. A uh, huge game for, for Beckham. Uh, a scare yesterday uh, for the, the Browns. Nick Chubb down with a knee injury. Kareem Hunt runs for a pair of touchdowns uh, in, in 307 yards as a team, despite losing Nick Chubb to that knee injury. Dak Prescott had four touchdown passes and a career-high 502 yards becoming the first NFL quarterback to throw for 450-plus yards in three straight games. Also had two turnovers, one pick, and lost a fumble in that game 
as well. Other NFL scores from yesterday, Carolina 31, Arizona 21, Cincinnati over Jacksonville 33-25, to Baltimore beating the Washington football team 31-17, to New Orleans 35, Detroit 29, the LA Rams 17, New York Giants 9, and Eagles take over first place in the NFC East at 1-2-1 with a 25-20 win over the reigning NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. Uh, another game worth noting is the, the Indianapolis Colts and Chicago Bears. And here's why this one is noteworthy. Let's make this our, our number three here. Is uh, each of the last, I don't know, 16 years or so, the winner of the Bears-Colts game, which happens once every four years, usually determines the outcome of the presidential election that coincides with that season. It's weird, it's far-fetched, but it happens. Check this out. So in 2008 and 2012, the Bears won those games, and those years, Barack Obama won the presidency. In 2004 and 2016, the Colts won. In 2004... George W. Bush won the presidency. And in 2016, of course, Donald Trump won the presidency. Yesterday, the Colts beat the Bears 19-11. to So, if history is to, were to repeat itself, that would mean that Donald Trump would be re-elected as President of the United States on November 3rd. It, 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 it could be just a weird coincidence, kind of like how you see on, on Super Bowl Sunday sometimes, or maybe a regular Sunday, you see a dog... Go eat out of a out of a dish, determining you know if there's a a Vikings dish and a Houston's Texans dish, whichever dish the the, the dog goes to, that's who he picks as the winner. I mean, I, I I could understand if this was coincidence once or twice or three times, but four times and potentially five. We'll have to wait and see what happens on November third or I guess uh, November tenth when once all the uh, the mail in ballots get in let's do uh i've got a bonus number three Three. nba finals jimmy butler and the depleted heat win against the lakers now two to one in the nba finals the big news yesterday though other than jimmy butler's 40 point triple double to beat the lakers 115 104 was uh, lebron james walking off the court with 10 seconds left visibly Upset, and I, I'm not going to defend LeBron's actions. I'm not going to praise LeBron's actions. Uh, if you watch the documentary Last Dance, this, this happened every once in a while. I mean, you wouldn't leave the court with 10 seconds left in a loss in the NBA Finals, but you would see guys, uh, the Detroit Pistons of the, the the Bad Boy Pistons of the early 90s, uh, when Jordan and the Bulls beat them in the '92 Conference Finals. They just walked off the court without shaking hands. This this is different. This is LeBron James with 10 seconds left on the court walking back to the locker room. LBJ, a, a near triple-double last night, visibly upset, and Jimmy Butler ate him alive last night. The Heat were down two of their star players and still able to make this a series. Game 3... 115-104 goes to the Miami Heat. Game four is tomorrow. 
Second half of the KDLM Sports Wrap, we're talking to Matthew Collar with Purple Insider, purpleinsider.substack.com. Recapping Vikings football yesterday, previewing Vikings football. They play next Sunday night at Seattle. Talking to Matthew Collar with Purple Insider next on The Wrap. I'm Chris Rose with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. In just his third NFL start, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert nearly took down Tom Brady in Tampa. The Bucks, however, completed the comeback in their 38-31 win over L.A., as Brady became the oldest player in NFL history to throw five touchdowns, and in this game, they went to five different players. What started as a blowout by the Browns turned into a Texas shootout. The Cowboys, down 27 points heading into the final 15 minutes, scored 24 straight unanswered to pull within a field goal, only to give up a 50-yard rushing touchdown by Odell Beckham Jr., capping off his first three-touchdown game since 2015. Lamar Jackson got back on track with three total touchdowns in a 31-17 win over Washington. Nick Foles fell to the Colts in his first game as the Bears starter. 2020's top pick, Joe Burrow, got his first career win, taking down the Jags 33-25. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota football when we come back. It can happen fast. The game changes and you need a new strategy. It's like your original insurance policy. It worked fine at the start, but now that you've bought a home, added a car, or expanded your business, you can't keep running the same old play. You need Western National Insurance for coverage that fits your growing needs. Western National, Minnesota's source for great-fitting auto, home, and business protection since 1901. Ask your independent agent today for Western National and go Gophers! Get that great fit feeling, Western National Insurance. As the Big Ten football season slowly approaches with Minnesota's opener at home set for October 24th, there will likely be very few fans at any games at all. Golden Gopher head coach P.J. Fleck says he's doing what he can to prepare his team for just that. We giveth the noise at practice and we taketh the, the noise at practice. We, we're practicing pretty much for the most part with not a lot of music, uh, pretty quiet. Uh, you know, we want to make sure when we get into more of our scrimmages, they will be silent. But we're doing everything we can to get into TCF Bank Stadium as much as possible. Uh, get into a big, empty stadium, not just practice here uh, at... Uh, our practice facility, uh, the Lando Lake Center, but getting over there and practicing at TCF Bank more than we ever have. And we'll continue to do that and doing it in a very quiet environment. But we've said before, you know, we're not going to allow just just the crowd to dictate how we play. We got to play really good all the time and let the crowd feed off that. And then when we need the crowd, we'd feed off that. But we got to find a way to be able to just play our best football and not worry about the outside noise. Half the time, players never hear it anyway. That's Golden Gopher head football coach P.J. Fleck. For more info on Gopher football, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. This is off the record with Zeke. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap. Joined on the phone now by Matthew Collar, Purple Insider online at purpleinsider.substack.com. And Matthew, for the first time since January fifth, the Vikings back in that win column, baby. <laughs> How about that? That has been a long time, hasn't it? Um, you know, and I, I think that going down to Houston against the team that had a pretty ugly start themselves 
there was kind of a point here where if you don't win this game, then it feels like this season is not even really worth watching. And that comes from someone who would really like you to read their website and listen to their podcast. <laughs> but 0-4, oh, I mean, 0-4, oh, then we're starting to talk about the next year's draft already. But, you know, 1-3, and three, and then suddenly you look around the NFC and there's only one-win teams in an entire division in the NFC East. And, you know, Detroit is no better, and, and so other teams have gotten off to some pretty poor starts here. And then, you know, you look at the upcoming schedule, and some of these games feel a lot more winnable. It's amazing in the NFL how just that one win can entirely change how you feel about a team. Yeah, we're not tanking for Trevor uh, quite yet. Watching the game yesterday, the, the, the Vikings offense uh, running through three guys that it needs to. That would be Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Those guys accounting for, like, Ninety percent of the team's offensive output yesterday. They look great. Yeah, and that's exactly what they needed from Justin Jefferson was to follow up and do the same thing basically that he did against Tennessee. And I think they're going to need that on a weekly basis here from Justin Jefferson. And judging by the last two games where he started for them, uh, unlike in the first two weeks, um, I think he can do that. I mean, you're, you're seeing a player who is just rocketing in terms of his development. I mean, in training camp, they talked about trying to bring him along slowly, and they talked about not having a preseason and how that would impact him. And the fact that he played slot receiver pretty much exclusively in 2019 at LSU, and then, you know, out of kind of desperation, they just say, all right, well, we might as well start him on the outside after getting nothing out of B.C. Johnson, and he's put up, uh, you know, almost 300 yards in, in two games. And, you know, I think yesterday where it was truly special was two uh, two of his catches, but the one that's the back shoulder on third down where mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, you know, makes a very good throw, but his adjustment to that throw to snatch the ball was something that you would have expected out of a star receiver in the NFL and not necessarily a rookie. And, and he's the swing man. Like if they have two guys, you know, in Delvin Cook and Adam Thielen who are very good offensive weapons, then defenses can focus a lot on just those two players. But if you have another budding superstar here at wide receiver, then I think that really spreads out the defense a lot more. And we saw that against Houston. And that's a thing that looks like it can happen on a weekly basis. Yeah, Jefferson saying post game yesterday, he's got four games of experience under his belt. That's like his preseason. And now he can start playing for real. Uh, Dalvin Cook has a touchdown each of the first four Vikings games. Adam Thielen, uh, another 100-yard game, putting him fourth all-time on the Vikings list behind guys like Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Anthony Carter. And uh, something some that's concerned me for the, the last four Vikings games, uh, switching gears a little bit here, is Vikings led like 17-3 to at the half yesterday. Other than outscoring Green Bay 24-21 to in that garbage-time second half week one, Vikings have been outscored in the second half each of the last three weeks. Is that more uh, opposing teams making the right adjustments in the locker room, or is that just the Vikings not capitalizing on scoring opportunities in the second half? Yeah, I think each one of those has kind of been its own thing. Uh, Against Indianapolis, they just struggled pretty much through the whole game, and eventually the defense kind of collapsed and the offense never got it together. Against Tennessee, uh, Tennessee figured some things out and got some big plays off of them. And then yesterday, you know, I think the Harrison Smith ejection played a huge, huge role in why Houston was able to come back. Also, Houston got a lot more aggressive in the second half. In the first half, they were trying to run David Johnson up the middle over and over again, and it was just baffling. It's like, do you guys know who your quarterback is? I mean, it seemed like even uh, Chris Myers, who was calling the game on TV, was getting – 
frustrated himself at how often Houston was running the ball up the middle. You don't hear too many play-by-play guys complaining about play calling, but I think he was justified in that. So then when they opened it up a little bit and George Iloka was asked to play safety when that entire week he hadn't prepared at safety because the Vikings had injuries at corner, so he was preparing there, uh, and, and that turned into a mess. So I think that you know, the, the yesterday was actually their most encouraging defensive performance, even though it didn't look good at times because of the fact that they showed up big in the red zone, they showed up big on third downs, and I think we know that this is not going to be a Zimmer defense that just shuts teams down or just slams the door shut when the Vikings have a lead, but if they can at least come up big in those big situations, then they've got a chance to hang in games and win some of these shootouts. And if you look forward on the schedule, you've got a lot of teams that have good offenses and good quarterbacks, but don't necessarily have good defenses like Atlanta, you know, Detroit, uh, Dallas is on the schedule. I mean, so there could be a lot of games that are just like these last two weeks. Yeah, uh, Dallas nearly getting a, a 50 spot hung on them by the Cleveland Browns yesterday. We're talking to Matthew Caller, Purple Insider online at purpleinsider.substack.com. Matthew, walk us through that Harrison Smith hit on Jordan Atkins yesterday. Yeah, you know, so I, I saw a lot of people arguing that, you know, Harrison Smith didn't deserve to be ejected, and I am not as much of a rules expert as Mike Pereira. Um, but I think that that's the exact rule that they've been trying to really emphasize in, in terms of using the crown of the helmet, the helmet-to-helmet hit, the defenseless receiver. It seemed to check off all of the boxes. And, you know, I think that Mike Zimmer's beef was legitimate to say, hey, I mean, come on, these happen on a weekly basis and a flag is thrown, but guys don't get ejected. Um, so that was surprising to me that he got ejected and I know maybe if you slow it down to the microsecond he gets his shoulder instead of his helmet I'm not entirely sure Um, but I thought it was surprising that they decided to kick him out of the game because it's not a guy with a reputation I mean if that was Anderson Dejo I think I would have understood it if Mm. it was Vontez Perfect I would have understood it but the fact that it was Harrison Smith um, that that's surprising but you know I think that it was one of those plays that they've just really been trying like to the letter to get rid of where safeties come flying in and hit the guy in the helmet. And I know that, uh, you know, the guy ducks his head at the last second, and that's one of the reasons they go helmet to helmet. But I think by the rules, it doesn't really matter that it wasn't intentional, um, you know, or it's really hard to judge the intent for a referee going, you know, full speed. And then they review it uh, back in the league. Uh, you know, headquarters, and they decided that there wasn't anything to overturn the ejection, so they they stuck with it. But, you know, I, I mean, I think that if you're the Vikings, you're really frustrated by it. If you're the referees, you've got a fine case to say why you did it, and that's kind of just ends up being what it is. Yeah, Smith ejected for the first time since his rookie season. Uh, stay on defense. Any status updates on Daniil Hunter on that defensive end? Oh, man, uh, that situation is getting <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, so, you know, going back to the training camp, on the first day of training camp, he's there. And then he's not there again at all, except for just walking around in his jersey. And so we ask and ask and ask and ask Mike Zimmer, and we get, it's a tweak, he'll be back soon, stuff like that. It's, and then he ends up on IR. So we think, okay, well, maybe this is a three-week thing if it's not that serious. And, you know, after three weeks, he's not taken off IR. He posts on Instagram that he's in New York. There's a report that uh, at least one doctor has told him not to play the rest of the season. So, you know, this is 
uh, really up in the air. You know, I think that even though they got a win yesterday and there's probably more excitement about, you know, hey, maybe this is one of those weird special seasons where the Vikings start off bad and then they, you know, come back and do something crazy to get in the playoffs. Um, you still have to look at the long-term outlook first for Daniil Hunter with his injury, and if there's any risk of him making this neck injury worse by trying to come back and play, then he just shouldn't, because I don't think still that this is a Super Bowl contending team. And also, I mean, you're planning on having Daniil Hunter for, I don't know, I mean, he could be on this team for 10 more years, mm-hmm. considering how young he still is. So uh, this, is a, this is a very, uh, I think, concerning situation when a guy has an injury that goes on for this long, and then, you know, he's seeking second opinions, as Mike Zimmer said, and going to see, you know, specialists and all, and all that. I mean, a neck injury for an edge rusher is pretty concerning. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Looking ahead to Week 5, our opponent this week, uh, a familiar one. It seems like we're always at CenturyLink Field in Seattle during primetime. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, 4-0, beat the Miami Dolphins yesterday, 31-21. to But the, the, the major thing that's going to feel different, other than uh, another Kirk Cousins primetime uh, talker every day this week on every major NFL station, I'm sure, is uh, no fans at CenturyLink Stadium, which is, is not going to be the same. A notable, uh, one of the, the loudest stadiums of the NFL with no fans, how is that going to affect Captain Kirk and the Vikings this week? Yeah, I actually think that it helped them yesterday, too. I mean, there were some fans in Houston, but it wasn't anything like what you normally would be facing. And if you look at some of those big third downs, you know, Cousins is able to communicate with his offensive line, communicate with his receivers, and I, I think that that's where it comes. I mean, he's been around long enough where I don't think that it throws Cousins for a loop. And I remember looking at this in the off season that his road and home performances are not all that different, but if there's one or two places in the NFL that you would say, okay, well, you have an advantage at that place specifically. I mean, it's Seattle, New Orleans, and, and the Vikings will play at both of those places. Mm-hmm. You know, so Seattle's a really interesting game for the Vikings because you know they're 4-0, but at the same time, they've given up more yards passing than any other team in the NFL. And that could be, you know, some teams chasing them from behind. But, you know, they gave up uh, a ton of points and a ton of yards to Dak Prescott in Dallas just a week ago. You know, they weren't perfect against Miami uh, on defense, and they really don't get after the passer. So that's, you know, the biggest thing to watch, I think, is the fact that when Kirk Cousins isn't pressured, we know he can stand in there and he can make throws, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen can get open if you give them any time to do so. And so, you know, I think we might be looking at a classic shootout and I don't know, like, I don't know how excited I want to be on a win against the Texans versus going out to play, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, two teams that are very different, but it it has excitement written all over it. And I think that if the Vikings offense hadn't shown up the way that it did against the Texans, you'd kind of maybe shrug your shoulders and maybe dread this national TV game and just hope your team stuck around. But now I look at it as, well, if they're not going to pressure Cousins and Jefferson is playing this way, um, this one could be actually really entertaining. Yeah, Vikings and Seahawks, Sunday night football next week. Matthew, what do you have planned for the Purple Insider podcast this week, and where can people find that at? Oh, all sorts of things. Uh, they, well, first of all, you can find the podcast uh, anywhere that you just listen to your podcast. So if you have the app, just type in Purple Insider, and you can find it there. But uh, tomorrow we'll be doing Tuesday morning left guard, where former uh, Vikings Left guard Jeremiah Searles goes back through the tape, and we break it all down. Uh, Myron Metcalf from ESPN, Courtney Cronin from ESPN, lots of uh, different guests breaking it all down. 
Well, thanks again, Matthew, for taking some time out of your busy Monday morning uh, writing about Vikings wins for your website. And hopefully we're talking about a Vikings win at this time next week as well, uh, moving to 2-4 and four with a win against Seattle. Yeah, all right, thanks for having me. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude. All right, can't wait moment. Well, there's a lot. Of course, two football games tonight. Tomorrow on the broadcast schedule, a Lakers soccer doubleheader. Thursday, we've got Laker volleyball from the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium. And Friday night, lights back, 6 o'clock kickoff, Laker football versus Thief River Falls this Friday. 5.30 pregame show, 6 o'clock kickoff, Laker football as we get the volleyball and the football regular seasons underway. You can find the full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. That's Trevor the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow. We're talking some uh, some Twins baseball. I know they just got eliminated, but I got five things the Twins need to do to uh, come back stronger next season. And one of them may uh, involve uh, trading Byron Buxton. There's your cliffhanger. We'll talk about it uh, tomorrow. Sports Wrap. 9.30 here on the station. You can count on 1340 KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Off the record with Zeke begins after CBS News.